What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Posbon, and you are listening to part two of episode 19 of VGM Generations. And with me this time is Norm Gerrard. Hey. And Jordan Belinsky. I'm loving it. <laughs> He's back for another episode. And in this series of episodes, we are talking about anything we damn well please. It's Anything Goes Month here on VGM Generations, and it is Norm's turn to go first. So, Norm, what do you have for us this week? All right. I'm going to be talking this week about The Elder Scrolls Daggerfall. Uh, the Elder Scrolls is uh, a long-time series, uh, started out on PC. Uh, we've talked about Skyrim before. I think Aaron talked about Skyrim once before on the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds right. Um, so Daggerfall is the second in the series after Arena. Uh, it's from 1996 by Bethesda Softworks, a familiar name these days. Uh, you know, Fallout and, well, Skyrim. and Still Skyrim, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, like I said, it's from 1996, um, been around for a while. Uh, Daggerfall is known for its immense scale, uh, especially for the time. Um, Bethesda still talks about how big it is to this day. Um, on their website, they kind of say, it's the, the game world is about the size of Great Britain, which I kind of questioned it, and it turns out um, it's only 160 Hundred sixty thousand square kilometers. Let me see. Yeah, whereas Great Britain is, I think, um, two hundred and forty. So they're a bit short, about eighty thousand square kilometers yeah, short. That's but it's that's very short. A, a pretty big game. Yeah. <laughs> so it's closer to the size of Greece or Nepal, which I have written down here because I checked the areas online, and those are actually two Overwatch levels. But that's hey, yeah, they are. Yeah, that's awesome. Subconscious selection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's bigger than Greece or Nepal. Um, not quite as big as Great Britain, but anyway, 160 kilometers squared is kind of the game world's uh, size. Um, what what console was this on? Just to interrupt. PC. Sorry. PC. Okay. PC. Yeah. So huge game. Apparently, I, I haven't played enough to confirm this, but there's 15,000 populated places in the game. Wow. And 750,000 NPCs, which is. Crazy. So it uses a lot of content content generation mechanics, obviously, to, yeah. to make a game that big. And it uses it for other things like spell generation. Uh, it generates kind of random spells that, and I think it assigns a cost based on their effect and stuff. So it's, it's kind of cool. You, your world is kind of your own in that respect. A lot of the weapons and the spells are kind of generated on the fly. I Like I said, I haven't played enough to exhaust all the possibilities until you... Has anyone? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure know. somebody it's, out there is just like still playing it today and is some like fanatic and has found every single version of every single thing in that game. But Yeah, absolutely. So, and of course, a game of this scale uh, typically comes with bugs of, uh, you know... <laughs> a similar a scale. A similar <laughs> scale. And that's one of the things, you know, as much as it was praised for how ambitious and how well it did stuff to that scale, it was riddled with bugs and stuff. And there's a couple quotes kind of I read that... Um, so it was generally regarded as a flawed masterpiece. Uh, some of the quotes I read were so vastly massive that it threatens to collapse under its own gargantuan weight. And another one was, this is my favorite, with all the kit available to programmers and artists today, quite how they've managed to produce such an ugly gray look with Spectrum <laughs> fonts is a mystery. <laughs> now, Spectrum fonts, he, 
the uh, reviewer is referring to the Spectrum, Spectrum ZX, I think, which was a PC of the time. Yeah. And it's kind of a really, I like the font because it's very pixelated and blocky and distinct. But Reminds uh, you of it, those times. It is, it is a bit boring to look at, but uh, I, I had no problem with that. So, so because this was a PC game, but also in a time when uh, the internet was sort of in its infancy, the, was this something that was ever patched or, or upgraded through time? Or? Uh, actually, uh, I've got quite a bit about that, and I will chat sure. about that near the end of my okay. segment here. Uh, so hold on to that thought. <laughs> um, let's get to the music. So the music, um, I think the composer for The Elder Scrolls now is Jeremy Sewell, I think, and he's a very prolific modern composer. But before, um, for Arena and Daggerfall, it was another composer by the name of Eric Heberling. Uh, and he did a lot of fantasy uh, genre PC games just through my look back in the day. I don't think he's done a lot recently. He does still score music, but uh, I think as far as PC games go, he's not as active. Um, and the, the track I picked um, was a track that plays during the sound test for the game. So it's not an in-game theme that I found in the game. It's uh, it's when you're testing your MIDI card, and it's so. <laughs> the reason this is my favorite track from this game is because back in those days, it was half of getting half of a PC game was basically getting it to run. So you had to configure yeah, all was, your system. Yeah, that's files old school PC like gaming. IRQ IRQ ports for your sound card and uh, allocate your memory and stuff in your auto exec bat file. <laughs> Lots of yeah, I could talk for days on that, but anyway. So a lot of the times they'd put pretty funky music in the, the demo to the test. So this is the, uh, the MIDI music test from, uh, from Elder Scrolls Daggerfall. Uh, yeah, I just called it sound test. So, uh, uh, oh, also when you do the sound tests, you would test, a lot of the time you'd test the wave device. So for sound effects and, and voice lines, and then you would, after that, test your MIDI, and they both kind of had to be set up independently, so that was another. So I've also included the voice test before the uh, music test. <laughs> it just, okay, and it just like stoked me so much to play this game. You will understand when you listen. Rest well this night, for tomorrow you sail for the kingdom of Daggerfall. this was 96 90, yeah this is 96 for sure <laughs> yeah yeah so i and i mean with midi chips and we've talked about this in the past is you know the sound the song is going to sound different depending on what midi patch your sound card is using yeah um so i used docs i used dos box to record this which you can you can actually choose from a variety of sound chips 
Okay. Um, and I chose the one, of course, that I had, the Which Sound was? Blaster 16. I was going to say, and was it a so, Sound Blaster? Yeah. Yeah, Sound Blaster 16, best sound card ever. And <laughs> Aaron's talked about that a lot in just like <laughs> trying to find the particular one. So Yeah. So that's, you're, you're hearing the emulated Sound Blaster 16. I think it's a Yamaha chip. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, funky tune. That's yeah, great. that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, Jordan asked about, um, has it been patched at all? Um, s- sort of, I guess. Uh, Bethesda a couple of years ago made it free. So if you want, you can go download it for free. Also, Arena is free on their website. So Arena and Daggerfall, free to uh, download from Bethesda's site. Um, After hearing that song, like, come on, how would you not want to just go download (laughs) it? (laughs) So, and as far as patching it, I don't know if they ever did, but it will run on DOSBox, obviously. I think that's how it's meant. Like, if you download it, I don't think it'll run on a modern Windows computer. You have to use DOSBox, which is great. Uh, DOSBox is really good once you figure out how to configure it, similar to how you had to configure old PCs. I like that, but I'm sure it's a huge point of frustration for some people. Yeah, understandably. there's a charm to it if you grew up with exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. But it's like learning a if new you language know, if you Like haven't. what's EMS, what's all this yeah. crap, right? So, And I know there's like dedicated console players that are just like, that is way too much work. Like all yeah. I want to do is put in the cartridge, flip and on the machine and play. So, on, on that note, if any listeners are interested in playing it and they can't figure out how to configure DOSBox, I will send them my config file, which is just a text file. So, oh, nice. That's awesome. So, there you go. Norm, <laughs> Norm is offering a free service of his config file. No problem. Yeah. Just send and us a message, I guess, on Twitter. Or, or email us. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll send you a link. You got it. Because I'm sure it's like 12 kilobytes or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, they haven't patched it. But there are um, fan engines made um, that, are, that are intended to process the content on a modern like on Windows environment. Oh, really? So there's a couple, um, and they're they're in progress, right? So they're not um, yeah they're not final products. But if you're interested, follow them. Um, one's called Dagger XL, and another is called Dagger Unity. So they're both uh, fan attempts to basically port the game content to modern systems. So as far as I know, it uses all of the original content. It just filters it through this new engine, so it can be playable on modern PCs. Oh, it's kind of like that. Um Half-Life mod that they did that came out, right? Yep, Half-Life. There's a Doom one as well. I think Z-Doom and probably a couple others that do the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, I was just going to say the story of like Bethesda games being too big for their own good. That's kind of like, mm-hmm. that still continues today, oh, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and, and it's funny because like they always get a pass for that, which is like no other game company gets passes mm-hmm. for that. Like if Nintendo or anyone releases a game where it's got like a ton of bugs and then it's not patched immediately, everyone's like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Whereas like if Bethesda does that, well, yeah, it's a Bethesda game. <laughs> it's just like the whole, every every gamer has just like unanimously decided it's like, that's okay. It's they, so big, we understand. <laughs> they, they get a free pass. Yeah. When Breath of the Wild came out, they were toting that they were the biggest uh, map in the game. I don't know how this compares to that, to Skyrim. Do well, you, probably the biggest Zelda game ever, but certainly not the biggest yeah, game I know, app ever. But, but I was reading that they were trying to say that they were the biggest at the time, or that at least they were bigger than a lot of the other games that were out at that time. The biggest asterisk on Switch. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I haven't played a lot of the Skyrim, so I can't, yeah. I can't comment. But It is a huge map, but I think probably to what they were talking about, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing what they were talking about there was just that like their map is so unique because everything is 
you can go everywhere in their maps, right? A lot of game maps are massive, but then there's invisible walls all over the place. Whereas yeah. with, with Breath of the Wild, there wasn't. So Yeah. And I, I think like Daggerfall, it's <laughs> nowhere near as finely sculpted as Breath of the Wild. I would, yeah, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to disparage it, but I mean, 1996, it was... Uh, it was a different time. A different time, yeah. <laughs> all right, Jordan, what do you have for this is us this week? Well, I figure since we're probably never going to talk about my highly requested uh, video games based on corporate franchises and fast food <laughs> products, that I'd finally get to talk about Mick Kids. Not Cool Spot? Not Cool Spot. Oh, uh, or I, it's called, it's written as MC Kids, but I've always called it Mick Kids. And that's uh, the version on Nintendo because it had actually released on a few different platforms. It came out on Game Boy, PC, Amiga. Commodore 64, and of course the Nintendo. But uh, the, some of the different ports had different names. Like it's also known as McDonald's Land. <laughs> I I don't know. I like that better. Yeah, well, <laughs> McDonald's. Land. Yeah, the the Mick kids make sense because you play as these two kids. Their name is uh, Mick and Mac. You can play as <laughs> either or, or you could play two players and play as both. So there's, I don't know, it's, it's fun. Like it, it has a bit of a bizarre reputation because I'm sure a lot of people dismissed it because it's based on the McDonald's franchise. The, the license was given to make this game. Um, but, oh, and you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Cool Spot. So yeah, of course, a lot of people know that there's a plethora of, you know, these, these franchises out there. Like there's Yonoid, there's <laughs> Pepsi Man, there's a chess Pepsi man. That's the laziest one. <laughs> Pepsi man. Pepsi man. And uh, for some reason, the European port on the Game Boy of McKids, which was would have been McDonald Land, was converted into a Cool Spot game. They literally took the characters out and replaced it with Cool Spot. Oh, really? And I didn't know that until about an hour ago. Like, so I, it really, kind of was Cool Spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and but Cool Spot had his own cool game Cool Spot too. had that platforming game. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one I'm referring to. I played it on Genesis way back in the day. But apparently, he was in this McDonald's game too. They swapped him out. I, which I, I'm curious about now because now I'm wondering. We got to find a ROM of that game. <laughs> all the McDonald licensed characters, like who they would have been replaced with. But anyways, just They're all uh, just different colors of Cool Spot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so the game, if you don't know, was kind of a Super Mario Brothers 3 clone. Uh, of course, that was the biggest game at the time was Mario 3. Uh, and so why not imitate the best game out there? Um, but it was well done. Uh, it wasn't like a poor copycat. It was actually a really good game. And, and putting the, the whole McDonald's thing aside, like um, I'd, I'd say this is like a must have for the NES for sure. Um there's a lot of other similarities to Mario three, like, um, so it's a platformer, you run and jump, you have enemies to avoid and dodge, but there's an overworld map, there's bonus games. Um, there's neat, like bizarre Nintendo physics type stuff, like where you can run around on the ceiling, you can change gravity and there's like weird weight uh, weight-based physics stuff. Like there's these springboards you can jump on and you can only get so high, but if you like pick up a big heavy block and you start jumping on the springs, you bounce like up to the moon, like you can jump really high and then like little, little tiny things like that, that were kind of neat and new for the time. This was again, back in 1992. Sounds like a mix of like Mario and Sonic almost. 
Yeah, kind of. Just like some of those springboard things you're talking about. It reminds yeah, me of Sonic. Big time. Because um, there are these there are these little blocks, like these little symbols that they kind of look like gears. And if you're running along a platform and you hit one of these gears, you might like spin underneath the platform and be upside down. And now you've just converted gravity. And so if you run and jump off the cliff, you'll fly up into the sky and kill yourself. So now the oh, sky really? is the pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it just like changes <laughs> the whole dynamic of, of a level just by finding one of those little gears hidden. Um, yeah. So little things like that make the game interesting and stand out from the rest of the, uh, the NES library. Um, the story goes is that, like I said, you're Mick and Mac and you're hanging out with Ronald McDonald. He's reading you a story. Uh, I think they're like, in a tent camping together and Ronald's got a flashlight and he's like, let me tell you kids this little story about whatever. And then the Hamburglar shows up and steals his magic bag. <laughs> and so the whole, <laughs> the whole idea of the game is that you have to go and rescue Ronald's bag from Hamburglar. So you go from world to world, you meet different McDonald's characters. Um, the, if you remember like um, Mario three overworld or like rescue Rangers where you kind of like go around and you pick your level, um, the idea is that you're not just trying to beat all the levels on the overworld map, but as you're going through each level, you need to find, find this uh, McDonald's M card hidden in each level. And you only need a certain amount so you can blow through the levels. And if you find enough, then you get a free pass to the next world. So it is possible for you to get to the end of the map and realize you missed a card. And it's like, oh, I can't leave yet. I have to go back and replay all the levels or whichever level you want until you find the cards. So you find all the cards, you get to the next level, and that's pretty much the name of the game. You get to the end and you go after Hamburglar and you get that magic bag back. Yeah, so what's in his magic? Is it full of hamburger? Because what else does a Hamburglar steal? <laughs> he should have just stole a bag of hamburgers, but I wonder if they changed it to a magic bag because of this one note I have. Um, I was reading up this, this interview with the lead programmer, um, he mentioned that the only uh, insight or input that McDonald's had regarding the game was that they didn't want any food in the game because they didn't want it to come across as too overtly McDonald's Salesy. advertisement like they wanted it to f be McDonald's, but be fun and, you know, not be like putting burgers in your face, like buy our food. They wanted it to be a, like a real fun. They didn't want game. to turn the coins into hamburgers. <laughs> well, the coins were McDonald arches, so it wasn't far off. There was a lot of McDonald references in the game, but for the most part, it was just the main staple characters like Birdie, Grimace, Ronald. They should have made all the coins like different food. And then the trick is if you eat too much, you get too fat to finish the level. <laughs> like metal slug. Have you guys played Metal Slug? Yeah. yeah. So like Whoa, the, big. <laughs> so like the the opposite of coins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're the, like they're a detriment. <laughs> so you want to get like some, but not too much. You get diabetes if you get too <laughs> too many coins. That'd have been awesome. I, I didn't expect you to have an answer to the magic bag question. Damn. Well, I <laughs> roasted. That, it's <laughs> kind of an answer, but uh, it could just be the fact that you you would think that burgers would play a pivotal point to the game, but. If, if McDonald's says no food in the game and they're based around food, what do you do? Right. Yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. I think the mat and I'm trying to remember, but at the time I remember McDonald's campaign and their slogan was like, do you believe in magic for a short oh, period of time? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, you no, just got so big. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. 
Um, so I wonder if maybe that tied into the <laughs> Jordan yeah. just blew Norm's mind. That was yeah. awesome. I, maybe, maybe that tied into the same time period and maybe that's why it was a magic bag. They're like, that we can't, sense, can't yeah. use burgers. So let's put in the magic bag. Who, who developed this? Sorry. I don't know if you said, I didn't say, uh, Virgin games. Oh, but okay. The, this is the old Virgin games that did the Disney stuff, but they only did the NES version, which is the one I'm talking about. All the other ports, uh, on the other consoles were developed by other companies. Okay. Um, as well as other composers. But because we're talking about the NES, the composer for this game is Charles Deenan. And I'll talk about him and some of the music when we come back, but let's listen to one of the songs. I've chosen Level Theme 2 from McKids. Let's go. you guys before we started the song if you were fans of arpeggio like just arpeggios in music or yeah okay. because of the how much you hear in the song yeah which is a big uh, a big kind of style to the uh, the composer who's um, through my development or research I found that the uh, sort of that arpeggio sound which I'm really drawn to with a lot of my favorite composers from this era seems to be more of a like a European thing so I, I found out like all the composers that I like the best seem to all hail from Europe and they all have that sort of arpeggio sound. Okay. On Related, but sort of off topic. Um, did you see a few, maybe a week ago or two weeks ago, the Google Doodle was like a celebration of Google turning, I think it was 20? I think it was something nine, like that. 19. 19 maybe? maybe? Okay. And they had a bunch of their doodles and one of their doodles was like an arpeggio generator. Oh, Did really? you see that? No. You got to go find that just I, if well, you like it because you mess around with it and you're like, I could be a composer. <laughs> like it's Because you can switch the styles. Yeah. So there's like a very simple one and then it goes all the way up to like 
playing like harmonies in arpeggios and you can just jump around the chords. And it's like, I swear to God, you could sit there and like mess around for a while. And like, if you, if you like figured out a pattern, you could write songs with that thing. It's That's amazing. Cool. It's really cool. I remember seeing it, but I didn't click on it. So yeah, anyone out there who is a fan of arpeggios, go check out that Google doodle. Just ah. search Google doodle arpeggios and I'm sure you'll find it. I, and I got to ask you guys now that we're on this topic. style of music. Have you guys heard of eight bit peoples? No, no. Is that a, a it's band? A, it's a website that okay. basically curates music very much like this MC Kids style. Yeah. Uh, arpeggios and uh, yeah, kind of this very, uh, it's all chiptunes really. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, interesting you, stuff and they've they've found really cool ways to use those old sound chips. 8-Bit Peoples. Anyway, sort okay. of plug oh, those yeah, guys. There you go. That's <laughs> cool. I'll have to check that out. A couple tangents there. <laughs> um, so... Charles Deenan, um, his style was very much that the arpeggio sound and a few other composers who I've, I've, we've played on the podcast before, like Rob Hubbard, uh, who did the skate or die soundtrack. Um, Neil Baldwin, uh, I think I covered for an entire month, the fallen brothers, Tim and Jeff fallen. Uh, they have that classic sound as well, all European. And, uh, Another composer who I've who I have played back on our PC month, uh, Jerome Tell, and he's another composer who has a very similar style to Charles. And I mentioned way back when we covered when I covered him that uh, he developed this band called the Maniacs of Noise. And I didn't realize at the time who his other founding partner was, and apparently it was Charles Deenan. So the two of them. When they met back in 1987, they developed this group, uh, again, Maniacs of Noise, and they, the idea of their group was um, composing music entirely on computers. Now, today, that's a pretty normal thing, but in 1987, that was... Uh, revolutionary. Revolutionary. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. There weren't, weren't a lot of people doing it. Like, of course, all video game composers were doing it, but these guys were not just doing video game music, but they were trying to make this... Um, like a new genre of music that, you know, anybody could do. Um, so they had the band, uh, Maniacs of Noise. They also composed music for video games on the side, but um, it's just really cool because they had a very similar style. They started this up. And if, you, if you're curious uh, about what Maniacs of Noise do, like they, they have a website, they have a SoundCloud, you can visit them there. But essentially it's like a collection of all their famous video game hits, um, some original music, and they even perform live, which is really cool to see because you'll have like, um, I, I think I mentioned last time when I brought up Jerome Tell um, that he'll go out like video game, uh, like packs or something, like a big video game expo type thing where you where you typically see video game music and he'll perform live like, um, the theme to commando or something, you know, from Commodore 64 and he'll be up on stage performing it. And there will be a, like all these people like us and other nerds just like rocking <laughs> out to video game music live. And it's, you do it's, see that at like the big conventions, they'll have concerts a lot of the time that you do see that. But how often do you see the original composer from the eighties come up on stage? That's and play? probably, yeah, <laughs> that's probably a little more rare. So yeah, no, that's just, I don't know. I just think that's really neat. So, um, Charles Deenan, uh, the composer that we just listened to, and Jeroen Tell, uh, both Maniacs of Noise. Check them out. Um, 
I found out that Charles is still composing to this day, but he's more of a sound designer now. He worked on uh, a few movies and a few games. He's been involved in like some of the Halo stuff, Call of Duty. Um, he was a supervising sound designer on those. He worked a little bit for doing some sound effects for movies. Uh, the Need for Speed movie, Too Fast, <laughs> Too Furious. So a That's lot of funny that he did the video game movie. Exactly. Like yeah, yeah. Maybe they, they thought it was fitting for him. Yeah. Um, but he's still keeping busy and he's still working. He's got an active website. So yeah, I don't know if you're interested in that arpeggio sound from the the eighties, kind of like that Commodore 64 key gen sounding stuff. Um, look up his library of music. He's done some other cool stuff too. So right on. All right. Well, Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. I gotta, I gotta follow up with something. So yeah. back to the developer. Now you said now Virgin games, right? Virgin games. They did cool spot as well. Uh, because Virgin only did the NES version, the original version, and all the ports were handled by different developers. Uh, okay. I think they may not have done the port on the Game Boy. Oh. But I could be wrong. Okay. But, but you said it was kind of a reskin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, all the other versions, like all the other ports, because they were ports, they were technically like reskins. Reskins. Mm. So when I, I had to at least look at the footage to confirm that it was, you know, McKids, but with cool spot put into it. And it is it, to the point where it's like comparing a port from any other NES game to a Game Boy game. Like it's a bit watered down. It's a little bit different. There's obviously a lot of similarities, sure. but um, I would say other than that, it's pretty close. Okay. I'm, I'm just curious because cool spot is a seven up mascot. Yeah. And 7-Up is a Pepsi product. Yeah. But McDonald's, and McDonald's are affiliated with Coke. They have a really they big have contract been, like, with since Coke. Their beginning. So what's going on here? <laughs> now you can, you can like play the X-Files music over this. Right? <laughs> now I wish, I wish we had that, uh, I had that question before this because I would have looked into that. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe you can look into it and we'll like next episode, we'll just start with yeah. the cool spot mystery. If I remember, <laughs> ask me and I'll, I'll have the answer. All right, we'll do. Sounds good. All right. So that's on to my pick. And uh, this week, I'm picking something that is very near and dear to my heart. It's something I've definitely talked about lots on the podcast before. Um, but I am, picking, I am picking the opening track from Super Smash Bros. Melee. Um, never heard of it. No, never no. heard of it? Okay. Well, let me, let me take you on a journey. Uh, so obviously, this game was developed by HAL Laboratory and published by Nintendo in 2001. Uh, the composer was Shogo Sakai. Uh, so... This is a game, I think, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, m maybe any episode, I've probably talked about Smash Bros somehow in all of them, but Smash Bros is my most played game, hands down, and uh, Melee, of all the versions of Smash Bros, Melee is my most played version. Um, so I have huge nostalgia for this game. Uh, so let me take you back to December 25th, 2001. 13-year-old Mike Posbon. You know, he opened, he opened his presents and uh, he, as, as you do, you call up your friends and you see what did they get? So I call up my one buddy, Derek at the time, who I was friends with in elementary back then. And he tells me I got a GameCube and I got Melee. And I'm like, there's no way you did. Cause I didn't, I didn't, I honestly, I didn't believe him. I thought he was messing with me cause we used to mess with each other all the time. And he's like, no, I did. And he holds up his phone to like his TV and it's this song is playing. And I'm like, oh my God. He got it. And I knew the song because I, even at 13, like I had already been watching, like finding like re real player clips of like E3 conferences and A stuff like that. Player. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like going back and like finding 
because <laughs> I don't even think there were streams of E3 at that time. It must have been replays on IGN and stuff like, and it's, you know, it's like a postage stamp and yeah. you're trying to like watch it and be like, oh, I'm trying to get all the information. And I remember seeing Smash Bros. Melee and I had a 64. I didn't own Smash Bros. I had played Smash Bros. at my friend's houses, um, but I was stoked for Melee. Like I like how does this game look this good? These characters look amazing, right? And so the first time I go over to Derek's house and we flip it on and I make him let me watch the whole intro. And that was like, that's like a life-changing moment. Yeah. Like that was, that was altering. It's a big moment. It was yeah, a big moment. The intro is good and I did the phone thing too. <laughs> <laughs> like your friend held it up for you? Or? Uh, no, I worked at Toys R Us at the time. Okay. So I was able to get a pre-order and the game of the GameCube and Melee on the release date. And then, but my brother was, I think he's about your age. Okay. Um, he, he was kind of back at my hometown and, and hadn't got it yet. Uh, so I've, I, I phoned him up and I played him the music from uh, Hyrule Temple because it's the remix of uh, Zelda 2 yeah. Palace theme, which we both loved. And like, he immediately <laughs> knew what it was, even though we didn't know it was going to be in the game. So it was oh, like, okay. I heard that theme and I was like, oh my God, I got to play this for Aaron. <laughs> so I call up Aaron and he's like, oh, my God. So, yeah, I did the phone thing. That's awesome. That's funny. That's a good, uh, that's funny that we both have that shared experience. So, uh, so many sleepovers and cans of Pepsi later, this became my favorite game. Um, the one thing with the Pepsi is his mom only bought Pepsi. She would not buy Coke. And so, but we used to like crush like 12 cans of Pepsi in a night. Like so we each crushed. Okay. Yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, my mom doesn't <laughs> buy Coke back then. She didn't buy Coke. She only bought Pepsi and we would also crush at <laughs> least 12 same person oh my playing God. Melee. I See, uh. me and Norm haven't <laughs> talked enough, but now I know why I like Norm. We just had the same life apparently. Uh. But yeah, no. So we used to have sleepovers all the time and we would just just play this game to like, and we would just drink Pepsi to like keep ourselves awake. And then we would play as much as we could. We go to bed at like, I don't know, four in the morning, get up at like eight and keep playing the next day. So, uh, so when he told, when he called you and he said he got the game, uh, the game and, the, and, and the, the game, yeah. you didn't get it that year. No, so. I didn't. And like, I hadn't asked for it. Like I had my sights set on the PS2 okay, forever because I just, I had seen some of the stuff like I, I didn't own a PS1. I owned a 64, but for some reason, I don't know if it was friends or what, like I was beelining for that PS2 and that was the console I had. I didn't get a GameCube till much later. I played GameCube all of the time be for with this and other friends. Um, but um, yeah, and I guess because of that, maybe I never felt I needed one. Like I was, yeah. the itch was getting scratched. You know what I mean? So yeah. I wasn't, and it wasn't until way like a few years later, uh, the GameCube had dropped in price and there was a bundle. I remember, uh, well, Future Shop is go dead and gone now, but this was a Future Shop bundle. I remember I had signed up for their email and it was like a friends and family night and they were bundling the cube and Smash Bros for like just the price of the cube. And I went out and bought, I had enough money saved up. That was, this was a few years later. I was probably 15, I think. And I had already been working. I had some money and I was like, all right, it's time to get one. So nice. Yeah. And I had that on my tiny little 13 inch CRT in my <laughs> bedroom and I would play Smash Bros all the time on my own, try and get better. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's listen to the opening from Super Smash Bros. Melee.
feel like if you haven't played melee in a while and you start up the game, it's like you have to just sit through the whole entire opening just oh, to hear the whole song and see all the animation. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, one thing I will mention, um, I couldn't find, and I don't think there exists a version of this song, um, like from the from the game itself, um, without the sounds uh, of like the characters in the intro. So like in when you just listen to it, but you'll hear the like you'll hear Donkey Kong and Yoshi and Link. Uh, and there's like these little sound bits because it's from the intro, right? Where they're yeah. showing off all the characters. And I don't think there exists a version of this track like in in the, this exact style without those sounds but in it. There is a sound test in the game. Is there? There is. It's not in there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. I went looking for it and I found some people who had like tried to manually remove it, but I didn't want to play you guys that. So, well, and, and plus, for me, the sounds are like part of it. Like you're saying there's no official version out there. So yeah. Yeah. There essentially might yeah. be some like this fan, is the official version. Fan created ones don't really count. Yeah. yeah. That's vexed me with a few games with cut with, uh, like opening with video opens. Yeah. yeah. Quake two has an awesome intro and some of the music in it is crazy. I just, I love it. And I've gone so far as to email the original composer to see if there oh, was wow. somewhere <laughs> I could get one without the sound effects. And maybe next week I will play that track with the sound effects. Oh, there you go. Maybe a little Let's teaser see. there for anyway, you. Man. Did he ever get back to you? No, no, I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't go so far as to, uh, email the composer, but, uh, so one other thing. So to continue the story of, of my, of my love of super smash bros melee. So this was elementary. I played the hell out of this game and then I didn't play it through almost all of junior high. I kind of, the friend that I had played it with, we went to different schools, you know, weren't in touch as much, didn't really play the game as much. And then in high school, I kind of found these friends uh, rejoin these friends that I kind of knew in elementary, but never hung out with. And when I rejoined them, one of their traditions was every Friday, they would get off the bus early on the way home, go to the Husky gas station convenience store, pick up a can of pop, a bag of chips and a chocolate bar. I did that every Friday. I gained a lot of weight. <laughs> I was a chunky kid in high school. And then we would get that, eat some of it and then take the rest of it home and play smash bros to like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. So like from five o'clock till 10 o'clock, we would play melee. We would just complete, just continually play matches. You'd, you'd think playing that much Smash Brothers though, you would actually be good at the game. <laughs> <laughs> I still maintain I'm pretty good at melee. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm, I've, I'm not as good as I once was. Like back then, me and my one friend, Matt, we, there was four of us. It was Matt, me, you guys don't know any of these people, so it's going to be weird for you, but it, it was me, Matt, uh, Paul, and Ryan would all play. And the the ranking of skill was like me and Matt were always jockeying for first. And then uh, Paul would be third. And then Ryan would almost ever, always be fourth. And that was like almost every game played out that way. Um, actually, uh, to tell a funny story, there was this. I don't know. This maybe isn't worth telling, but there was one time where so R Ryan almost always came last almost always because he never he didn't have a GameCube at home. So he had no way to like practice at home at all. Whereas the rest of us did. So he was kind of always at a disadvantage, but there was one match I'll never forget. We were playing and I was playing as Toon Link. I think he was playing as Yoshi. His, his main was Yoshi. Young Link. No, it was Toon Link. Or was it Young Link? Young in that Link. Game? Was it Young Link in Melee? Yeah. Toon, okay. Toon Link was... Yes, that's it's right. A, I'm, same, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're same, right. It's yeah, the same yeah, yeah. character though. <laughs> yeah. It's because I... I well, I'll, I'll get into that. But um, 
he was playing as Yoshi. I was playing as young link and we used to play with items on at that time. And (laughs) 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 now we never do. But, um, this was like the first time he was going to win. Like I was, he had, I think he had three stock. I had one stock and a heart, a max maximum tomato or maximum tomato, whatever it's called. And another heart dropped and I got all three and I beat him. And I've never, he's such like Ryan is a really quiet reserved guy. I've never seen him so mad. And he, and we weren't even at his house and he's like, (laughs) get out of Matt's house. (laughs) He was so mad. I'll never, that memory is so burned into my conscious. Like that'll be the last thing I remember before I die is Ryan being mad. Well, you're a good friend for not, not letting him have well, yeah, I was I wasn't gonna let could, him have you, it. Yeah, yeah. no sound. And I, the funniest thing was like I won that match and I could not stop laughing the whole time. Like because <laughs> it just it just kept I just kept getting all these heels. Yeah. And um, I would like slowly will down his life and it was hilarious. I'll we, never forget that. We we played with items as well, but selective ones. We removed curatives. Okay. That's yeah. Good. yeah, we removed curative items and other Ones that would cause shenanigans. Yeah, we used to play like with we, we liked. On. We didn't like random elements, but we didn't mind items that you could use. Yeah. Did you have like other names for all the items? Um, not so much. Uh, we just had like phrases that we would say. So every yeah. time like a Pokeball would drop, uh, everyone would just be, would say Pokeballs win matches uh, because they do. Um, the, uh, the one, my one friend Matt was really deadly with the star wand or the star rod, I think it is. Yeah. And so every time he would get that, I or every time that would drop, I would try and grab it as quickly as I could, and I would toss it <laughs> toss it off the stage oh. and say, cast it into the fires of Mount Doom. <laughs> I like that. It was just like little things like that. Because that, that sends you like horizontally, right? Uh, yeah, if you I get, hit with well, it, if you get directly thrown, horizontally, yeah. or, or, which is sweet. And then uh, Captain Falcon has that one where he shoots like four stars. Like his, his smash with the star yeah. rod is in a single star. It's four yeah, and crazy stuff like that. I, yeah. So. Throwing it was awesome. Cause yeah, it sent you yeah. all the items sent you in different trajectories. But yeah. We had all kinds of alternative names. But so what were some of your names? They're not wholesome. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have that sensor. They're not button, PG. So. That's right. Um, so we, yeah. So I really never stopped playing this game. I still play this game almost every Friday with my friends. The difference is uh, what we play now is called Project M. So for those who don't know, Melee came out, then Brawl came out. Brawl was considered not quite as good as Melee, mostly because it was designed to be a little more accessible. And so a lot of the things that had made the game fast and challenging had been kind of toned down or removed. And then a group of people figured out a way to essentially hack into the Wii and load their own version of their own custom version of Brawl in. So uh, that team is actually now gone. Project M had its last update about a year or six months ago. Um, And now there's like a side team that's sort of working on it, but the core team is gone. Uh, But basically they turn Brawl into melee in terms of feel, in terms of gameplay, in terms of feel. If it's a lot faster, it's a lot more frantic, and it feels a lot more like melee did. They, they made small adjustments to some moves. I think they yeah, tried to balance they, well, it a bit more. Yeah, and they changed out move sets for some characters. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I remember Bowser had some pretty awesome moves, and I actually wanted to play as him. So yeah, and so and like now certain characters are better or worse than they were um, in Brawl. Um, so and this is uh, just as a side note. If you read on Wikipedia, it actually says that like this is considered one of the greatest video games of all time, and I 100% agree. Um, did Project you, M? No, no, um, oh, Melee. Melee. Did you okay. start with Melee, or did you start with the N64? Well, like I said, I p- had played it, but like not really. Like okay. I played it, I probably played it 
25 times before I played melee. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I played it at friends houses and at sleepovers and stuff like that, but I never owned it. And so I didn't play it that much. And I, and I think the original smash bros, like I'm so happy it exists because we have all these great games because of it, but it's rough. Like you go back and play the original melee. It's so slow. And it's like, it's just, it, it feels painful when you're coming from any of the modern ones. Yeah, the N64 one was neat for its time, but Melee yeah. is like, it's timeless. It's yeah, perfect. It, I think so. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things about this song in particular. Um, part of the track is actually uh, a song that's ripped right out of uh, the game Kirby's Adventure, the butter building track. So the part with Sheik where she's playing the harp uh, if, if you know it, the opening as well as I do, you can imagine this in your head. So she's like playing, uh, the little harp that she has and she looks up to the moon and then Zelda's faces in like in the sky and stuff like that. That part of the track is, um, from butter building. It's a direct rip and the opening notes of this track sound actually a little bit like the end credits of the original star Fox. Um, it's not, it, it's not exactly there, but you can hear the inspiration. Um, the composer also worked, uh, so worked on melee also worked on brawl and is, uh, most well known for his work on mother 64 that never came out and mother three, which did come out. He did the entire soundtrack for mother three. Um, and then finally the last thing I'm going to mention about this game or about this track in particular, there's two other versions of this track that I really like. One is the live version from the album smashing live that was played by the new Japan Philharmonic, which um, that version of that song of this song was arranged by the composer Shogo Sakai. Uh, and the second version is um, it's called reanimated. Have you seen this? No, because uh, this would totally be your jam. You're going to have to go look this up. Okay, uh, I'm pointing at Jordan. Um, reanimated was um, just because Jordan's an animator. Uh, it was basically 30 different animators all got together and redid the opening. I have seen it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just didn't know it had a name, yeah. but all in their own style. So it's the, the original opening and, but it's done in 30 different art styles. Uh, and it's really funny. And yeah. like some of it reeks of kind of like that, like Ren and Stimpy style yeah. is in it. Uh, some of it is like two super quick clips are in eight bit style, which those are actually my two favorite, but they're like, hyper fast. Like you, if you blink, you miss them. Yeah. Uh, and then some of them are like a blocky style. Some of them are like that paper style where it looks like everything's cut out of paper, but yeah, that's really cool. So they did that for one of the anniversaries of this game. I can't remember which it was. Uh, but yeah, you should go look that up too. So after you watch the original, go watch that one. Uh, and yeah, that's all I have to say about super smash bros melee. So did you play it kind of as much as I did? Like Nor sounds like it. Yeah. 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 It was a, it was a ritual for you. Were yeah. you playing mostly with your brother then or a uh, brother and some friends? Yeah. Okay. Did you, um, you guys not play smash four then you're no, still on project. Uh, so yeah. that's funny about I got to know. Yeah. So that's funny about smash four. So what happened with smash four? I was very excited for it. I've, I've always been excited. I actually liked brawl. Uh, my friends right away saw it as a slower version of the game and didn't like it as much. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. And mostly for me, what's always been really exciting about the new versions of smash are all the new characters yeah. and like the new roster and that, and the new move sets that is, that's what gets me excited. Cause it's like, Ooh, there's all this new stuff to play around with and figure out what I like and what I hate and all that stuff. Um, but when smash four came out, basically what happened with brawl happened tenfold with smash four. My friends played it and like immediately we're like, this is way too slow. It's way too hard to combo. I don't care how much better it looks. I don't care how much smoother it runs. 
I'm the not going to play it. So is I so think good in that the game. roster is fantastic. I think we played Smash Four for two nights, maybe, yeah. and then they were like, "Yeah, let's go back to Project M." So, <laughs> so I really, I really haven't played as much Smash Four as I would like to. It's something that I actually was as I was getting ready for this podcast. I was thinking like the online for smash four is actually pretty good. Like maybe I should just get in there and, and play some more just get for fun. in quick. Cause Nintendo's shutting down the Wii U servers for smash four for the Wii U. Oh, so like everything, everything. Real I thought soon. that was for the Wii. No, is it for the Wii? The Wii U has been well? shut down for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I've tried. I to heard go- they're closing the Wii, the Wii eShop is closing in January, 2009. So any of your points and stuff are, I think they said they're going to be refunded, but like you said, 2009. Oh, sorry. 2019. Oh, 2019. You know what? I, I heard that it was the Wii U because it's competing with the switch. So they're shutting. Oh, maybe they're, they're shutting sh- that down too. I yeah. don't know. I haven't read any articles. So it's supposed to be at the end of the year for Japan and they haven't announced North America, but I sh- assume it's pretty soon. You know? Oh geez. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I'm going to do it, I guess I'm going to yeah. do it soon. But yeah. So, but Norm, I know you were a big fan of smash Four. Yeah, actually I, I thought it was, um, well, I didn't like Brawl either. Um, okay. So, and I played a bit of Project M, but I didn't really have anyone to play it with at the time. So yeah. I didn't really get into it. This is um, one of those games where, like, how much you play is determined by your friends. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Did so, you have a main, or were you a little bit like, like me? I, I play as a few characters. I play the garbage tiers almost okay. exclusively, like Zelda. I don't, I wouldn't say Ganondorf is garbage tier, but a lot of people would. I'll, I'll That's play so them. funny because all these characters you're mentioning are all like my friends' characters that I play with in yeah, Project M, I, so they would have a bone to pick with you. But in, in small, well, in four, they're totally different, right? So, oh yeah, Zelda. I think in Project M is considered pretty high. Amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible. No, in, in Smash Four, she's not, and yeah. nor was she in Melee. Who I, I actually used her almost exclusively in Melee, and I'd pick Sheik, and people would be like, "Oh, he's Sheik. I'm gonna counter Sheik," and then, and then I'd the immediately transform. switch to Zelda, and they uh-huh. wouldn't know how to do. I mean. No one fought Zelda, so I'd have that advantage a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh man, her lightning kick. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Nothing so, feels better in the world. I know Jordan does. Do you have all the DLC for Smash 4? Uh yeah, most of it. There's a few characters I didn't care about getting, but yeah. 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 I don't know. I gotta go back and play some of that. Cause like I never even tried Bayonetta and like all these all no. these l- late ad characters. Cloud, I didn't I never Corrin. tried. Corin, yeah, I didn't try any of those characters, so that that's something I have. I it's on my to do list. Yeah, is to go back and try some of those characters. Corin and Bayonetta, I passed, but I think I got the rest. I like okay. Ryu's fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, his levels are really good too. Yeah, Ryu's good. Uh, Cloud is really good. Uh, he's also he's like an almost an Ike clone, and I really like Ike a lot as well. So, all right, we better cut it off there because I could talk Smash for twelve hours, and this would be the longest podcast we've ever recorded. Bring back Pichu. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Pichu. Yeah. Bring back Ice Climbers. Yeah, that would, a lot I, of people were mad about that one. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that's my pick. Melee opening. Great, greatest track ever. Go and do yourself a favor. If you have not heard the live version from the Philharmonic Orchestra, go listen to that one. That version is almost as fantastic as the original. Um, right, and now it's my turn to talk about what I've been playing. So uh, last week, Jordan talked about Sundered, and which was a little more expensive. And then mm-hmm. this week, I'm going to talk about another game that's a little more expensive, but I'm still going to add it because it's so darn fantastic. And that is uh, Sonic Mania. I picked it up uh, probably, what, what was it, two weeks ago, I think I did. I picked it up on a Saturday. So I got up early, girlfriend's asleep. I was like, all right, I'm going to go over to my computer, turn on my, turn on, and I was like, 
and Jordan had talked about his controller breaking uh, on the last episode. Yeah. And his D pad going on that custom controller. And I was like, well, I got, I got one at the same time. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta test out this controller. I gotta make sure the D pad's okay. And I was like, well, what do I want to test it out on? And I was like, well, I've been wanting to try Sonic Mania. So I click that purchase button, download Sonic Mania. It's eight o'clock. I have to leave at 10 o'clock. I know I have to leave at 10 o'clock. Two hours disappear. 9.55, my girlfriend comes into my bedroom. She's like, we got to go in five minutes. Are you ready? I was like, I am not. <laughs> so, does, does, does Steph listen to the podcast all the time? Uh, she listens. She always says that she doesn't have to listen to it because she hears me editing it uh, in my room. Okay. So you should probably get in the habit of calling her your fiance. I should, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 or do you not say that? She doesn't care, but okay. uh, yeah, but yeah, technically she's my feet. <laughs> I, I, and I'm, I'm wasting it, right? Because there's that whole Seinfeld episode about my fiance. My fiance, yeah. <laughs> Every time I said it with my now wife, we rolled our eyes. We hated saying it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm so used to it that it's like, it's weird to say anything else. You know what I mean? I'm sure like after we're married, I'll still trip up a few times and say girlfriend. But um, anyway, yeah. So Sonic Mania, I'm, anyone who's listening to this has probably looked into it. Absolutely fantastic. Like Sonic Mania is everything you remember about the old Sonic games better. It's yeah. just everything you want. It's like the speed, the fun, the platforming, the crazy diverse levels that you can go back and replay again and again and again and find new paths, go different ways. Um, and the music is excellent. The music is so good. It's done by T Lopes, who was basically a guy who was doing all these remixes on YouTube of the old Sonic. His old remixes were fantastic. And for this, he does a bunch of like remixes of some of those because some of the original levels are in the game and there's a bunch of new levels and they all have original music and all that music is awesome. If that's the application for him getting the job, they should totally make a Sonic game where the entire soundtrack is smooth McGroove. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Acapella Sonic game. Yeah, I'm sure smooth McGroove will do some of the tracks from Sonic Mania, some of the new tracks, but um, you'll have to cover it play something one yeah. future episode. Yeah, it might come up. It might come up this month. I'm not I, I can't promise uh, it will. But uh yeah, Sonic Mania, absolutely fantastic. I haven't uh quite beat it yet because I want I want another like quiet morning to just like plow through it again because that was just so much fun getting totally lost in it. So that's what I'm gonna try and do again. But absolutely spectacular game. A great game to add to the list. So uh so now we have Sundered and Sonic Mania are your two games uh, available on Steam. Uh, Sonic Mania is on, I think, all the other consoles too. I it's so. on. I know it's on Switch. I think it's on PlayStation and Xbox as well. Definitely, so yeah. Sonic Mania is everywhere. So uh, if whatever you want it for, we'll get it, get it to you for that console. So yeah, that's my pick. Uh, always uh, remember that you can win that contest by uh, reaching out and interacting with us on any social media site of your choosing. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just search VGM generations into Google and like the first five results are all, all us. So we, we own that name. So, <laughs> and uh, you can always reach us at the email VGM generations at gmail.com. And like I've been saying week after week for a bonus entry and a million entries into the contest, AKA instant win uh, that iTunes review is very useful for us. Let's us know people are listening, brings us, brings us up the rankings in iTunes. So more people see the podcast, get more listeners, which is something we're always trying to do. Yeah. So that's it for this week of anything goes on VGM generations. And we will catch you guys next time.
We know a remote farm in Lincolnshire where Mrs. Buckley lives. Every July, peas grow there. <laughs>